Nelson Nichols. Well, good evening. For me, Bible study sometimes is hard. Uh, I can remember coming into the church. Uh, we had the Bible correspondence course, and Charlotte would write everything. She wrote, she rewrote the course and every every verse and everything. Uh, I didn't because when you're a person like me, uh, it was difficult because when you have a difficulty spelling, you get stuck writing so you don't write too much. But for me, doing Bible study is important. Most of the time what I do is I start a study and um, I don't write things down unless I'm doing one a sermon or one like tonight where I have to write it down and it's good because then you can mostly remember the things that you uh, that you've been studying when I do my own studying I just go from verse to verse and I find a subject and I I wind up going all over the Bible and uh, then I don't know remember exactly where I was so so doing a Bible study like this is, is good for me. And tonight, uh, a topic I have is the foundational stone of the church. I started to do a Bible study on the book of uh, Peter. I did a Bible study, I think, in 2001 or 2002, maybe 2000, on, on Peter, but I couldn't find it. So I was going to go back over it. I know uh, Kachu came by and I was looking for it and I was looking for it and I went through my list of stuff and couldn't find it. But it, I had something else already planned. I was going to just try to go through and cover Peter because Peter's a, an important uh, it's an important book you know, but I'm going to let Daryl go through it verse by verse. He does a better job of it. God's given him the knowledge and the understanding and the capability and I find what I do is kind of iffy sometimes. To me, to me, maybe not to everybody, but to, to me it's that way. So, when I look through, through um, the scriptures, of, especially in Peter, chapter, you know, 1 Peter and 2 Peter, I got to thinking about what is the foundation of the church? So, I even put down Ephesians 2, 20-22, but then let's turn over to First uh, Corinthians three, chapter verse eleven. We're going eleven through seventeen. So here in First Corinthians three, it starts out in verse eleven for the foundation for other foundations. So he's talking about the foundation of the church here. So of other foundations can no man lay than this which is Jesus Christ, or Emmanuel, as we look at it today, because we hope that Emmanuel is with us. So Christ is the foundation of the church. Uh, he, the church is the body of Christ. In verse 12, And now if any man build upon this foundation, talking about how you build, how you build what God gives to you, if you build with gold or silver or precious stones, wood, hail, uh, hay or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, 
because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So God's going to find out if you're building on Christ how you build. Do you put time and study? And that's why I brought that out about Charlotte, who, who wrote down everything. And she had a very great background where I remember those things, but I couldn't come up and tell you where the scripture is. I knew the just of the scriptures, but I didn't, couldn't locate them so easily. So God tries your foundation by, by trials and trials that we all have. And those trials can be rough and they can be mild. Verse 14, If any man's work abide, which he has built, thereupon he shall receive a reward if we don't give up. I've seen in 58 years of, Bible, of being in the church, I've seen people give up, walk away. Because things didn't seem to go the way they thought it should go. I know this little group, we started in 2000. I saw a lot of people come, a lot of people leave. Some because they wanted position, maybe. Others because they thought that the end would come real quick. For me, in 1964, I was told I would have two third tide years, and then Christ would we'd go to a place of safety. And boy, we looked for that. But 62 came. Charles Dorsey said it probably wouldn't be 62. It would probably be 82. Well, 82 came, 92, now here it is, 2022, and Christ hasn't returned. So, for some, the trial of what they hoped for just didn't seem to work out, and they're no longer around. I had one fellow tell me in Houston one time, he said, you know, Nelson, I know where the church is. But I've got, I've got a son who wants to be in the major leagues, and so I've got to spend the time with him. That was probably in 1960, uh, I'm sorry, 72 or 73. Do you think that he'll find a church today? I don't think he, he will. I think he, he gave up his building of what God said in front of him just didn't seem to match up to what he wanted. Verse 15, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so by fire. In other words, the trials for these people. Maybe he will make it. But he's going to go through a lot of hard trials to make that, to be a part of, of what he wanted or could have had. Know you not that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? So this is the temple. This is the foundation, the building that Christ is working on. It is you. You individually. And it doesn't make any difference whether you have a husband, a wife, children, friends, or no friends. It's all on you. You are the temple of God. You is uh, will either let God lead and work in you, or you can put God out. No man can push you out of the church. 
No man can do that. Only you. And it has to be how much you're willing to put up with. In verse 17 then, If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. So that's important to think about that. When we're thinking about the temple of God, we can destroy it. God won't unless we don't put it up and do what he wants us to do. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. So we can't look at somebody else and say, You're, I, I'm, you, know, you can't control my life. So then, as I thought through Peter, I thought, well, who then starts the church? Well, Christ, no doubt, started the church. But let's see who Peter was. Let's take a look at that. So we can say that maybe this is a study about Peter. So I chose one person out of the hundreds that have probably been in the scriptures. People that we can look to and look at their life and see how they lived their life. Those that were responsible to teach us or wrote down things who God showed to be his people and those that were not his people. Those that would follow God and those that didn't follow God. So I chose Peter. This so we might call this a sort of a study about Peter. Who is Peter? Who was he? In Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, we're going to find, see if we can't see some things about Peter how he lived his life, and can it help us to be like as much as Peter was liked by Christ? Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, But who say you I am? So here Christ talking to the disciples. He asked them a question. Who, who, who do people say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So Peter, for some way, reason or other, knew the answer. He knew who Christ was. Peter was bold. He was right out there all, all the time, ready to speak out. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. The same thing is to us. We only know God the Father and we only know Christ as Emmanuel, God with us, or Jesus Christ, because God opened our minds. Someplace down the line, we were able to see that just like Peter was there. And I say in verse 18 unto you that you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build the church, speaking of himself. He was the big rock, and speaking to Peter as a small rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So here Christ is also telling Peter that the church is going to be built on him, and God will give him the keys so that he can teach other people. And whosoever you shall 
right, or whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever shall you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So he put a lot of authority on Peter at this point. But who was Peter? You know, Peter was a fisherman. I've known a lot of fishermen in my life. They have a limited vocabulary most of the time. Uh, most of it's kind of rough. But they're very hard-working people. Some of the ones that I knew were shrinkers. And they would leave the port of Tampa and sail over to almost Mexico. They couldn't go into the Mexican waters, but they could, they could shrink all along the coast of, of uh, Texas. And they would go out there and they'd be gone sometimes for two months out there on the ocean. And they'd leave with a, their hull totally full of ice. And if they caught the shrimp, they had to behead them, put them on the ice, and then they would come in, uh, smaller boats come in and take their shrimp off and keep moving it, moving it until the last, when they ran around the last part of the ice, then they would sail back to their port. So fishermen really work hard. Others that go out there and just catch fish, it's a really rough, tough work. So Peter was a fisherman. But you know what? Peter gave up everything to follow Christ. Look at Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 and verse 30, 23. Mark 10, 23. Jesus looked around about and said unto the disciples, How hardly shall that have uh, they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? He asked the question. A rich man is going to have a difficulty. And there's a reason, because they put their trust and stuff in their riches. Fishermen become very rich. They don't show it, maybe, but they do become very rich. And his disciples were astonished at this word. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? So he was telling them, Your job as a fisherman, and you do really good. But you know, if that's where you put your trust, it's going to be tough. Because you're going to put that will become your goal in life. It is easier, Christ said, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? Jesus, looking around upon them, said, with men, it's impossible, but with God, for, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we've left all and have followed you. So Peter was pointing out where he was at that time. He gave up fishing. He walked away to be with Christ. And Jesus answered and said, Truly, I say to you, there is no man that has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children 
or land for my sake and the gospel. But he shall receive a hundredfold. So he said, if you give up everything, your job, which is so important to you, said, if you do all that, he shall receive a hundredfold. Now, in, uh, cool. now in this time, house, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, land, possess, uh, possessions, and in the world to come eternal life. So he pointed out what was most important for Peter, which Peter gave up, was eternal life. Peter had a hard life as a fisherman. Uh, like I said, I know some of these people. Uh, but for Peter, his hard life as a fisherman gave him the energy and the boldness and endurance to do more with his life, to be what Christ wanted him to be. Peter was, as the fisherman I knew, they didn't know. Now, they were not a, what we call an educated people, and they could, uh, they had, uh, I think today it's, uh, well, I can't think of the word, but anyway, but they were not the educated ones. They couldn't come up with the right words at the right time. So the Jewish council, because they knew Peter as a fisherman, thought he was ignorant and unlearned. Well, that kind of worked out, you know, in Acts 4. Acts 4 and verse 13 tells us about Peter. This is talking about Peter now. And now they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that these were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled and looked on uh, and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So they understood they were with Jesus. But they, they thought they were not educated. Some of the things they said. Well, how do we how do we know that they had something to look at? How could they say that about about Peter? Go to Matthew chapter twenty six. Matthew twenty six. So here Peter talking about Peter. And after a while came they unto him and stood by and said to Peter, Surely you, and this is where, you know, they captured Christ. You know, they took him down to Christ in there. They were already torturing him. Peter followed behind. And he was questioned by one person. He said, No, I don't know Christ. Questioned by another person. I don't know Christ. And afterwards they came to him again. And they stood by and said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for your speech uh, beways you. Then began Peter to curse and swear. This is one of the things that helped him to say, He didn't have a good education. Peter got so angry, he cursed and swore and said, I don't know him and really let go. But we know what happened. The cock grew. Christ already predicted that would happen. And that's what Peter did. So another factor that I say, well, again, who was Peter? 
You know, Peter was married. I looked up the scriptures and found in Matthew 8, verse 14, it says, And when Peter was came into his house, so Peter had a house, and he saw his wife's mother lay and sick of the fever. So here is a case where Peter was a married man. And he gave up a lot, you know, as a man you're supporting your family and now you gave up your job to walk with Christ and to follow Christ and do his bidding. So he gave up a lot. In 1 Corinthians 9, verses 1 through 5, emphasize this fact. And here Paul talking, 9, chapter 9, 1 Corinthians, verse 1, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not you my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle, unto others, yet doubtless I am unto you, for the seal of mine apostleship are you in the eternal. My, my, my answer to them that examine me is this. So people were looking at Paul, why can you do what you do? Have I not power to eat and drink, just like anybody else? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, and as brothers, and as the eternal, and as Cephas, or Peter? So here he was pointing out that Peter was married. And Paul was saying, I love the same rights and the abilities to live my life like a married man does. So we go on to finding out about Peter. Jesus was wanting to know how committed Peter was to doing the things he was doing. So we'll go back now to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. We're going to see Christ checking Peter out. John chapter 21, verse 14. Now, the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So, we see that this is the time after Christ had died. Christ returned. So, when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, love you me more than these? How committed to me are you, Simon Peter? And he said again, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. So here Christ is telling Peter, Your job is to go out and feed those that the Father brings. So he said to him again, the second time, Simon Peter, son of Joseph, Loving me? And Peter said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him again, Feed my sheep. You know, you have a job to do. You can't 
Because remember, after Christ died, Peter went back to fishing. He went back fishing. So Christ here, after he was resurrected, wanted to know, are you going to do the job I called you to do? I'm going to make you the head of the church. So Christ said again the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, love you me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, love you me. And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, then feed my sheep. You have a job to do. And that's the ministry today. Their job is to feed the sheep. Can we look into our lives and see, do we follow that same commitment? In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. 1 Peter chapter 2, 20. For what glory is it if, when you are buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if, when you do well and suffer it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable to God. So God wants to know if we're questioned, just like Peter was, we take it patiently. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, and neither was God found in his mouth? Who, when he was reviled, Resound not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges rightly. So we have to look into our lives where we sit and how we stand. Who in his own self bore our sins on his body on the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live to righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. For you are sheep going astray, but are now returned into the shepherd and bishop of our souls. So here Peter is telling us exactly what Christ told him he had to do. So Peter was showing that in his book that he had a job to do. He had to be like Christ. And that's who Peter was, trying his best to be like Christ. When did Peter come into the knowledge of Christ? Well, we can see in John 1 that he was looking for Christ. For some reason or other, they had been reading the scriptures. They knew that it was close to the time for for the Messiah to come up. And so here we find in John chapter 1 that Andrew looked for Peter to show him who Christ was. Verse 41 and 42. He first finding his own brother Simon, this is Andrew, finding his own brother Simon, said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. They were looking for it. He said, we have found it. Who is we? Peter and, and Andrew were 
also partners with uh, John and uh, I'll get it. Anyway, they were partners. And here in verse 42, and he brought him to Jesus, and Jesus beheld him, said, You are Simon the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is interpreted a stone. So we're finding out already that Christ has made Jesus this stone that we read about earlier that he's going to build the church on. Peter was a foundational stone. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Who is the foundational stone? Well, we know that was Christ. He is the head cornerstone, but he built it on the apostles. Verse 18. Verse 18. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow servants with the saints and unto the household of God. And this is Paul speaking to the people there at Ephesus. For as you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, so there's the foundation, not only the apostles, but also the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the buildings fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in the eternal, in whom you also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Then again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul again speaking as Corinth to the people. Chapter 3, verse 10, 1 Corinthians According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds thereupon. But every build man builds, uh, take heed how he builds thereupon. For, for other foundations can no man lay than that is laid which is Christ. Again, Paul speaking of the foundation building a building, and Christ being the chief cornerstone. And now if any man builds upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for, by, uh, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. So everybody is going to build on the foundation. Christ put Peter as the stone and the apostle and the prophets. So Peter was called to be a disciple. Peter was called to be a disciple and recorded that in Luke 11, verse 5, where Peter was called to be a disciple. And the disciples, and it came to pass, verse 1, that the the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God and stood by the lake of Genesis and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon Peter's, and prayed to him that he should thrust out a little into the land. And he 
sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse 4 now. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Launch out the deeper and let down your net for a drop for a drop. And Peter answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had, they, those that were with him, when they had looked and they had done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their nets broke. And he beckoned unto their partners, which were the other ship, and they could come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships with so many that they began to sink. Then Peter, Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. This shows his boldness and his readiness to show, I've got to make some changes. For he was astonished in all that were with him, and the drought of the fish which they had caught. And so was, and so was also James and John. Those were their partners. Those were the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Jesus. And Jesus said to Simon, Fear not, for henceforth you shall catch men. That's what Christ said. I'm going to put you out there bringing people in and teaching them. So Peter was bold. We'll look at a few scriptures. There's a lot more to cover but that. Peter was very bold in everything he did. Let's look at Matthew 14, verses 26-31. This is the incident where they were fishing and Jesus came while Jesus, they were fishing or out in the boat and Jesus wasn't. And when the disciples saw, so they saw Christ, they were out there, Christ they left behind, so they were out in the boat and they saw Christ walking on the water. They were troubled, saying, it is the Spirit, and they cried out in fear. So they were had their fears too, you know, and they believed in a lot of things that were fearful to them. But straightway Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Of course, Peter, being very bold as he was, Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it's you, give me to come unto you on the water. So he was willing to get out there and make a try. And Christ said to Peter, Come. And when Peter uh, was come out of, the, out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And we know what happened. He started to think. He, he doubted what Christ would ask him to do. But he was bold enough to get out of the ship and try it. And, but Christ had to help him. Another case where Peter shows his boldness at the last, when they were there, at the, just before Christ was taken to the, uh, be prosecuted, convicted of being Christ, convicted of being the Son of God, 
we find in Matthew, I mean in John 13, verses 4 through 9, at the Last Supper. Christ, uh, we're going to show a little bit more of how John was, and um, Peter was told. Christ, at the Supper, got up, set aside his garments, took his towel, girded himself, and after he had poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel where he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. Now, that's just pretty bold. Telling the one who was the Christ, the Son of God, you're not going to wash my feet. Christ, or Jesus, said, answered and said to him, What I do you know not now, but you shall know hereafter. Peter said unto him, You shall never wash my feet. That's pretty old and brashy to say that to Christ. That's all that they've gone through. Jesus answered and said, answered him and said, If I wash not your feet, you have no part with me. Then Peter said to him, Lord, isn't how much he really loved Christ and how much he wanted to be a part of what Christ was doing. He said, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head also. So he's going to I want to go all the way. There's other instances of boldness with Peter. Acts 2 and verse 4. 14, rather. Acts 2 and verse 14. Peter, this is after, you know, Pentecost. They'd all received God's Spirit. And they were questioning Peter. Questioning the disciples. Tell them they were drunk that they had different spirits. Peter stood up and with the eleven and filled up and lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. And he preached a very powerful sermon that had many people turn and want to go and be a part of what Christ did. Christ, Simon Peter was very bold at that time. And he preached that very, very powerful sermon. Again, in Acts, talking of Peter and how bold Peter was after he had received God's Spirit. Up to that time, he didn't have that kind of boldness. But when he was converted, when he had received God's Spirit, he was very bold. Chapter 4, verses 6 through 11. And Ananias, uh, Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and, and Josephus, rather, and John, and Alexandra, and as many as were uh, the kindred of the high priest, uh, or the high, I got confused there, were gathered together in Jerusalem, and when they had set them in the midst they asked, by what power or by what name have you done these things where he healed a person? So Peter, being bold and filled with God's Spirit, said, he lifted up his, his, with the Spirit unto them, and you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined for the good deeds done unto this infant man. By what means 
he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom you, who God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught, as you builders which become the head, even the corner. So he was bold enough to put himself out there and say, this, you are the guilty people. And Christ, through us, healed this man. Again, in Acts 5, verses 1 through 4, Christ, I mean Peter, being very bold and very much ahead of the church, said, and this is speaking to Ananias and Sapphira, I won't read all this, but you can go through it, verses 5 through 4, where Ananias and Sapphira sold property. And they held that part of it. And they didn't tell the truth. And Peter had to confront them. Verse 3, three Peter said, Ananias, you are filled with Satan, full of your, your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price. Peter saw the problem and he was condemned Peter, I mean Ananias, to death. And the same holds true to his wife. Peter was the one God was working through. There are many things that Peter did right and many things Peter did wrong. But those were times when he was really strong. Again in Acts 8, verses 17 through 22. Acts 8, 17, 22. This is where Simon, who the Catholic Church says Simon Peter was the start of the church. Well, Simon Peter started the church, but not the Apostle Simon Peter. This was another one. Then they had laid when they had laid hands on them, they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw it, Simon made it, Saul, that had lain on hands, the apostles, uh, the Holy Spirit was given to them, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power that I, whomsoever I lay hands on, may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, again, Peter's strength, as the one that God was using, Your money perish with you, because you have thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. This Simon, who became Simon Magus, wanted to buy what Christ could do. So even though Peter was bold, he still did what? He still had his fault. He still had things he didn't do. He denied Christ three times. He stood up there and said, I don't know him, and cursed. So he had his fault, he had his weaknesses, but he was still one that God was going to use. He was the one, along with James and John, who was up on the mountain 
when they had the transfiguration. So, well, no matter how we look at it, Peter was used by God. There are many, many other things about Peter's life that's important to find out about. And I find that it's, this is just a short little bit of how strong Peter was. But, you know, if we would do more research, and it doesn't only have to be on, say, Peter. I just chose Peter as one person because Christ made him the beginning of the, the, the stone that he was going to build the church on. But there are others. Isaiah, Jeremiah, uh, Noah, Moses, Enoch. We can go on a list of hundreds of people. And there are others we can look at and see that their lives were just not the right. King Saul didn't do right. Many of the kings, the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, who God offered them a place of safety, a good way of life, but they doubted Christ. So through our lives, we, we need to take some of these people, like Peter, go through Peter's life. There's many other scriptures. See how Peter lived, why God used him, and ask yourself, what can I do in my life to be like Peter, or Isaiah, or Noah, or Moses, or King David? We can take our lives, and so this is just a brief study, maybe, into the life of one man. So if you want, every day we should put our nose in the scriptures. I know it's difficult for me, because when I try to write these things out, and I go into them, and I'm trying to write it, and I, put, I hit a word I can't spell. By the time I look it up, I forget what I was doing. <laughs> Don't be like me. So, on your own personal Bible study, take the time and research. Go into it as deeply as possible. Find out. Ask yourself the question. Why this person? Why Peter? Why James? Why Noah? What did they do that made God use that person? So, Maybe this Bible study was just into a little bit, a small amount into Peter's life. There are others that if we would only take the time and look into their life and see how they live, and do I follow in their footsteps? Do I follow in the footsteps of Christ? Thank you for coming.